My producer, Johnny Hiles, just uh, uh, made me aware a few days ago of a terrific, terrific um, podcast. An interview between a man I interviewed a few weeks back, eh, a couple months, I guess now. Uh, I talked to Michael Franzis, of course, who was a former uh, uh, mafia uh, capo. Uh, just uh, just an absolutely mesmerizing tale that he had to tell. He continues to tell in interviews and in books about his time uh, with the mafia. But he was doing an interview with an ex-KGB agent by the name of Jack Barsky. And I listened to it, and it was phenomenal. And come to find out that the interview was uh, the result of a book written by Jack Barsky called Deep Undercover. And it's about his time as an East German recruited uh, KGB operative who was inserted into the United States to spy on the United States for the Soviet Union. He did this for 10 years, and the story that I heard was so fascinating. I have not yet read the book, but I want to learn a lot more about it, so we invited Jack Barsky to come on to our program and tell us more about this. So, Jack Barsky, uh, his life has just been fascinating. Uh, the interview that I heard was uh, was was remarkable, and uh, I want to welcome the former KGB agent and now true American patriot, is what it sounds like to me, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Jack, thank you for the time this morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Cleveland. I'm very well. <laughs> Just before you came on, I heard the voices of two of my most favorite people on the planet, Ronald Reagan and Dennis Prager. Oh, that's wonderful. And uh, you know what? I concur, by the way, with both of them. We play uh, we play a little bit of President Reagan before the start of every hour, along with a few other iconic uh, drops from some uh, great American patriots. But President Reagan and Dennis Prager are two of my favorites as well, so we share that in common. So, yeah, Jack just, Barsky, a, just a frame of reference. I used to hate Reagan <laughs> when I wasn't eight. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're when you're when you're spying on uh, on Reagan's America for the Soviet Union, yeah, I would imagine you didn't have a whole lot of uh, fondness for him. So, let's before we get into that part of it. Uh, when I was listening to your interview with Michael, um, he did a great job of you know like allowing you to tell the the backstory about how you became recruited. Now we don't have as much time as you did with him, so we can't go into all of the details. But can you? Give, yeah. give us a, a thumbnail sketch version of how uh, you know a guy living in East Germany and going to university uh, found his way into the KG, or rather, how they found you. Yeah, they found me. You, you, uh, uh, you couldn't apply for a job with the KGB. They didn't have a an address or a phone number on the phone book. Uh, they were constantly searching for raw material, quote-unquote, uh, to do some of the toughest jobs in espionage. And uh, I, I, this is how I put it together. Uh, I, I believe that uh, they had access to the, the Stasi, the East German secret police files, and just like rummaged around. And I was a standout. I, uh, I was, uh, I, I was a, a incredibly good student. I received a um, a, a scholarship that a national scholarship that was limited to a hundred concurrent holders in the entire country, and there were two hundred thousand students. So that indicated to, to them that I was not just really smart, but I also was a uh, a member of the party and in uh, a fully fully engaged communist. Uh, so that that meant let's talk to that talk to him, and then it took about a year and a half for them to de to determine that I had what it took. 
What exactly did it take? What did they determine about you that said, this guy is perfect? Not only did they recruit you, but as you say, kind of observed you and, and studied you to see if you could do this. What yeah. did they find in you that said, yes, let's activate him? This I found out uh, because there was an interview given by one of the ex-directors of the first directorate. The first directorate was espionage. Uh, and, and he listed a number of character traits that they were looking for. I, I don't remember all of them, but it, it uh, you know, it, it, uh, um, quick intellect, uh, uh, ease of uh, transition, the ability to be by oneself. And my, my favorite, uh, my favorite character trait was uh, a well-controlled inclination for adventure. Uh, so, so, and I, when I looked at those, there were ten that he listed. And there, were, there was only one I, I didn't fit. So, uh, they, they were looking just for what nature or God had provided, and nurture would would, would be added to this. And so that's that's how I that's initially that's how they approached me, and then they they tested me every which way. And I and I uh, I passed the test, and then I got the offer. So you were um, you were already enamored with and a believer in the the you know communist um, ideology before they recruited you. They didn't come for you and try to teach that to you. You already were a part of it. Is that is am I understanding that right? Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. We were. My generation was subject to brainwashing from from kindergarten on, and by the time At uh, whose hands? I, I wasn't. At whose hands were you Say brainwashed? At whose hands were you brainwashed? Oh, oh the, well, the, East, the East German government, the Communist Party. I mean, we were, this this was a communist country and, uh, you know, a vassal state of the Soviet Union. And uh, so by the time I was in college, I, I not only, that was not only my faith, but it was also uh, my conviction that this was a scientific theory about the progress of mankind and uh, it was inevitable that uh, worldwide communism would eventually appear on the planet and it, I made it my task to help accelerate this process. We are talking with uh, Jack Barsky. Jack Barsky is a former KGB agent. As you just heard, he uh, grew up in uh, in uh, the old East Germany and was recruited by the Russians to be, the Soviets, if you will, to be a spy here in the United States. His book is called Deep Undercover, uh, and he's giving us a little taste of it right now. So what kinds of things were you tasked with? Um, like I said, I haven't read your book. I just heard your interview, though, and I thought it was fascinating. You you spent 10 years... In the United States, I already know some of my listeners right now are going, why are you talking to a communist or an ex-communist? <laughs> how much of what he did, they're asking, I can I can tell, I know my audience, Jack, how much of what he did when he was spying for the Soviets led to the loss of American lives? Uh, can you talk about the tasks that you performed while you were in that in that life? Yeah, before, before I address that, <clears throat> a communist... That was a while ago. I, I now define myself as a, an American citizen who is a conservative libertarian co- constitutionalist. Okay, that's quite a anyway, transition. Uh, <laughs> it, it was uh, it was very slow, but um, you know it's you know if you if you have ears to listen and eyes to see, you, you will find the truth eventually, 
even after all that brainwashing. But anyway, the, I get this question all the time, uh, you know, what, what, what was I tasked with? And the answer will surprises most people. The primary task for me, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing. <laughs> Christmas in August. for me was, what, what, was, what was most important to, to the KGB was me living and being here. And, and this is the rationale. The, during the height of the Cold War, there, there were, were many uh, instances where it was possible that uh, diplomatic relations between the USSR and the USA would be uh, severed. And then there wouldn't be anybody left because the, the most of the spies, the KGB spies, were under diplomatic cover. But if there were, if the, all the diplomats got kicked out, I uh, the, the only ones left would be illegals like me. And there were a few others. Uh, I I know one of them. The, uh, the, in those days, there were, supposedly there were ten uh, sent out to the U.S. I don't know what happened to the other eight. Uh, I also had some other tasks, and, and primarily uh, I was supposed to operate as a spotter, spotting talent that uh, is a, that would uh, would be a good target for recruitment. Uh, and then the the other thing is I um, this was a bit of a, a daydream uh, by the KGB. They wanted me to sort of infiltrate organizations that. Uh, that either made foreign policy or were influential in foreign policy. I wasn't situated in in society uh, to 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 get to that point, but I did periodically issue some uh, some reports as to the response of the American people to certain uh, events in 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 the world. Jack, when you were um, living for those 10 years in the United States and when working on behalf of the Soviets, um, were, were you traveling back and forth? Uh, I, I, read a line, I read a line about you know, leading dual lives on both sides of the Atlantic Ocean. Were you, were you going back and forth? And if so, how on earth you know, do, do you pull that off without you know, detection from you know, the American counterintelligence agencies? Every two years. And uh, um, so every two years I, I went back to Moscow and... Uh, and spent some time in, in East Germany. Uh, I traveled on on false passports. Uh, you know, this, um, my my name was not my my name under which I lived in the United States was not was not associated with any foreign travel. Got it. Okay. So so obviously you're very careful there. When a lot of people hear the word spying, particularly in the Cold War, um, you know, we think of movies and we think of spies getting involved in altercations and near misses and scrapes and <laughs> sometimes violent encounters. Did did any of that happen, or was yours just a normal, mundane, you know, kind of almost a boring American life in which you were just doing some extraordinarily, uh, you know, illegal and uh, and dangerous things for the Soviets? Normal, mundane, with a lot of caution, with a lot of uh, uh, awareness of whether I'm being investigated, being followed, and so forth. Um, I, but but uh, to, to just tell you, I had no weapons training. My right hand, I'm right-handed, has never touched a gun. I did have some uh, self-defense training just in case uh, I wind up, you know, some, somewhere in a in a place where I'm uh, being attacked by criminals, and uh, and I have uh, compromising materials on me. But that never happened. 
So Jack Barsky, uh, author of Deep Undercover, former KGB agent working during the Cold War for the Soviets, uh, placed here in the United States to spy on the U.S. How did it all come to an end? Well, the the end is probably the best part of my life. Uh, it was in 1988 uh, when the KGB somehow got spooked and... Uh, uh, was they were convinced that uh, I'm being investigated and uh, I, I would I, w- I was subject to uh, arrest rather soon, so they um, they um, initiated the emergency procedure. There was a there was a signal at, at a certain spot where it says when that signal was there, I was supposed to just run, you know, go make a beeline to the Canadian border, go to Ottawa and, and get exfiltrated from there. Uh, um, but what they didn't know was that at that time I had an 18-month-old daughter in this country and I had fallen deeply in love with that child. And this was uh, the first time that uh, I know knew what what it means to love con- unconditionally, and, and I'm, I'm telling people at that point I I actually jo- rejoined the human race, because that love was so overwhelming that I uh, I refused to go back, even though I didn't know whether I was going to be arrested by the FBI, and eventually I didn't know uh, how the KGB would respond to me fo- not following orders. But I, I, I just couldn't help myself, and uh, I'm so glad I stayed because uh, uh, my my child is now 35 years old, and she's wow. a wonderful, wonderful lady. That is uh, that is an amazing transformation. Let me let me try to bring you current now, or bring us current, perhaps, and just ask you: um, communism communism in the United States today. Um, you know, we 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 see more and more left wingers. Uh, radical left-winger extremists, you know, proud to say I'm a socialist. Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, you know, I'm a socialist. Um, the BLM leadership, we're proud Marxists. We're trained in Marxism. We are trained to dis- dismantle the uh, the Western structure of the nuclear family and, and, you know, in our goal to build a Marxist state. Um, Communism is obviously a part of all of that. How how deep is the communist or the Marxist movement in the United States today, as you understand it? It is a it is on the fringe. When you're when you're talking about BLM, we're talking about uh, some some organizations that actually uh, have adopted Marxist Marxist ideology. What what is much more dangerous is the is the uh, a trend towards collectivism, towards uh, uh, giving more and more powers to the central government? Because I don't see communism in the future of the United States. I, what I do see is potentially is an oligarchy like they have it in Russia, which is an alliance between the the ruling political class, the entrenched political class, the 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 federal bureaucracy, and the powerful. Uh, leaders of industry, particularly the ones in uh, in information technology, uh, you know, to 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 make communism real, you would have to uh, take uh, private property away from everybody, and uh, and and make the state the owner of of everything that's get get gets produced. I don't think that's feasible, and I don't think they want this. They they just want to you know 
rule over the rest of us because they know better than us and uh, they, uh, they are better than us. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a horrible idea and, and I just hope somehow we can, we can put the brakes on and reverse the trend. I am not very optimistic because we have already two generations that have been taught by public schools and universities to, to sort of accept the, the idea that the goodness comes from above and that and uh, from a centralized uh, gracious government that gives out goodies we're talking with jack barsky jack is a former kgb operative worked in the united states spying on the united states for the soviet union for 10 years he has a book out called deep undercover in which his entire life story and career are told um let me ask you about Vladimir Putin. He's ex-KGB, too. And he, of course, has all eyes upon him for the invasion of Ukraine. He has all eyes on him on the, from the Democrat Party here who blame him for everything that has ever gone wrong, uh, at least in the last you know 10 years. They blamed him for helping Donald Trump win the presidency in 2016. They did a two-year investigation trying to prove it, which it wasn't true. Um, how dangerous is Putin uh, to to... I guess I could say to the world, but to the United States now, it's different than Soviet era, but this iteration of Russia under the leadership of Putin, how concerned do we have to be about uh, any any activities affecting the U.S.? Yeah, there, there's something that the KGB was involved in and that uh, as the Russian intelligence is involved in big time these days. It's called We called it active measures. Uh, active measures um, in, K- in KGB times uh, was fundamentally fake news. Uh, you know, producing fake news uh, and in, in injecting those those fake news items in, into uh, primarily uh, print media uh, that that were like sort of mainstream but left enough to to uh, publish something that's anti-American. And they had some success. Uh, Two examples are that uh, you know they they placed the, the, the that the news that uh, the the AIDS virus was concocted in in a CIA lab, <laughs> and the the sort of funny one that that a lot of Americans bought into was that uh, J Edgar Hoover the the ex head of the FBI was a secret crossdresser. Generally, they weren't really that good at this because they didn't really know how American society functions and in order to to undermine a society you need to know you need to know about it and but but this is this has changed because uh, the, the, there's a whole lot of Russians who know how America functions some of them studied here uh, some of them have done business here and so what they're doing are they now, still here are they still here are there still I mean how, how, how deep would you say the Russian spying uh, uh, agency, if you will, is in the United States today. Uh, it's it's a matter of volume. Yeah, uh, they, I don't th- I don't think they send people like me over over here anymore because it t- it takes a lot of time to find us, a lot a lot of time to train us, and a lot of time to maintain us. Since in in, in the old days, uh, there wasn't a lot of uh, going back and forth between the USSR and the United States, but now the the borders are open both ways. And uh, I, I can guarantee you that every every person who came from Russia and and, and to, to to the United States was at least asked to help out. Okay, and so what we have is a bunch of amateur spies, and some of them are are, are quite successful. You you got it. 
Look, I'm not anti-Russian. I'm not saying, you know, you should like hate every Russian you, you ever encounter, but, but you ought to be very careful. But, but the other thing that they're doing nowadays is the fake news are, land, are landing on the Internet. And there they are significantly more uh, successful. What, 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 there is a, there's an army of uh, Russian hackers that uh, uh, actually pr produce the fake news and, and fake people on, on Instagram and, and, uh, and uh, Facebook and so forth. Mm -hmm. and, and they attach themselves, the fake people with, with the fake news, uh, to extremist organizations left and right. And in, in that way, uh, you know, they they uh, deepen the rift that we have already, and and that that is to to me it's very dangerous. By by some estimates, uh, <clears throat> given by law enforcement and people who are uh, who are active in in cyber in cyber security, uh, it says that about twenty percent of the content on Facebook is come is coming out of Russia. Be aware. Yeah, we have heard that uh, a lot. As a matter of fact, you know, Elon Musk, you saw, uh, nearly took over uh, Twitter, and then he found out that a significant percentage of the yep. accounts there were bots, or uh, which which were which were Russian. Uh, you know, uh, fake, fake, fake users who are, uh, you know, spying on, on, uh, content and, and hacking, uh, on behalf of the Russians. So, uh, that is a very, very big concern. And, and I've only got time for one last question for you here, Jack Barsky. Who's a bigger threat to the United States today? Is it present day Russia under Putin or is it the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, it depends. Uh, long term, it's, it's China for sure. But we have to be aware that Russia has nuclear weapons, and a lot of them. And, uh, you know, I'm not so much worried about Putin purposely launching a nuclear war because he is not suicidal. He, he, he knows that if, if, he, if he attacks with nuclear weapons, he will be dead too. I'm worried about the escalation of tension, and I'm worried about potential... Uh, mistakes, accidents. Uh, we came close to nuclear war during <clears throat> the Cold War and, and just like avoided this kind of an accident a couple of times. That is the, the, the near-term uh, threat, but long-term it's China. Jack Barsky, uh, what an amazing life story. He was, uh, he was born in East Germany. Uh, he hated the Nazis. He loved communism. He was brainwashed into loving communism, joined the KGB after being recruited, served in the United States or served the Soviets by spying in the United States before, uh, seeing the light. And now you call yourself a fan of Reagan and Dennis Prager. Have you ever been on Dennis Prager's show? No, I would love to be on, <clears throat> on Mr. Prager's show. He he is such a lucid thinker. I mean, it, he, it doesn't get any better than him. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll see what I can do on that end. I am a regular guest host of the Dennis Prager Show. So I will talk to Dennis and see if we can make this happen for you with him. And if it doesn't work out that way, the next time I guest host his show, I will have you there to talk to his national audience. Would that be all right? 
Absolutely, and then we have a little more time to get, go dig, dig deeper. Which I would love to do. I mean, we've only scratched uh, the surface of the surface in this conversation, and I'm already fascinated. People can get the details from the book. It's called Deep Undercover uh, by uh, Jack Barsky, former KGB agent. Jack, thank you so much for coming on and telling us your story. I appreciate it. It's a great story of, of redemption as far as I'm concerned, and you have so much to share that could be of such great benefit to so many people right now. Thank you very much for doing that. My pleasure. God bless you, sir. There you go. I never thought I'd say God bless you to a former KGB agent and a spy for the Soviet Union. But um, you heard him. You heard his story. And you heard the change of heart and, uh, you know, the, the turn toward, uh, toward freedom uh, that his life took. And uh, what, a, what, a role, what a role he played. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.